let me take this time and greet you, saints, in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And let me thank uh, my brother Eric for, or let me thank God for using my brother Eric this morning uh, with a great message uh, that was brought, and to thank you, sir, for allowing me to be here <laughs> today. I promise I'll leave it as it is. And also uh, for the leadership of the church for allowing us as well Bible school to come and say something this evening. Uh, I think before I say something, let me introduce myself. My name, Dengumba Mukelutanga, Numtengwa, Nukalukalega, Ohasu, Opolinja, Okobina, Incomes Bonfuna Matolazo, Pogutum Tondo, Opeg Semtwin. That's my name. That's what my father told me my name is. That's what his father told him his name is. That's what my great-grandfather told my grandfather that his name is. So we can go. So everyone, that's who his name is. But so that I can have an ID and a passport to travel and a birth certificate, I was called Machona Nyaman. I'm from the Republic of South Africa. I'm married to a beautiful Nubian queen, blessed with two beautiful princesses. My wife's name is Tabelo, that means prayer. My firstborn's daughter is Lutendo Faith. My lastborn is Zuki, so God is glorified. It was in 1992, things were starting to change in my country of birth. Nelson Mandela just came out of prison. Uh, some people are angry that he's out. Some people are scared that he's going to revenge. Some people are waiting in the front line for the command that will say, go out and revenge whatever pain you have ever been caused. But when he comes out, he comes out, he raises his hand. That signifies unity, and he says, from now on, things are not going to be as they were before. And I can tell you now that many of us, as far as, or as young as I was, we were disappointed because really we were waiting for the moment. Why am I including myself to what was happening. At age 10, I was recruited 
at school to join the Youth League of African National Congress. At age 16, Brother Owens, I could recite Das Kapital, and I could teach people the writings of Karl Marx, Franz Fanon. So you can say I was a communist. I felt I was a little bit, though I think the most important thing I felt I was a revolutionary. That was there to help my people to battle this beast called apartheid. We voted in 1994, the first election, so me and my father voted for the first time together. Because before that, he was not allowed to do that. But now, Nelson Mandela is the president. He's sworn in on the 10th of May, uh, 1994. We are back to school because we were told that, you know what, you go back to school, get your whatever, then you can come back. If you still want to be in the army, you can come back and be in the army under whatever. And most of us, we went back to school. But while I was at school, something was painful. I'll come to El Bible School. This, all this will make sense. Something was very painful to me. One, my people were Christians. So what do I mean when I say my people? Black people were Christians. And Christianity for many years, in my eyes and the eyes of everyone else whose mind was working properly knew that Christianity perpetuated the hate that was between the nation of South Africa. Because among those who were Christians, there were those churches who were proving it from the scriptures that a white man is superior to a black man. It was there. So that means everyone hated everyone. And Nelson Mandela had this beautiful quote that resonates with me now, that hate makes every human unhuman. Hate makes every human unhuman. It makes the one who's hating unhuman, even the one who's hated unhuman, because the response that is going to come from him will not be human. So at that particular time, I decided that, you know what, to help my people from this thing, I need to study this book. I need to know what this book entails so that when I go and refute it, I can refute it from the book, not from somewhere else. And a friend of mine was studying with World Bible School. His teacher was John R. Morgan in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I said to him, enroll me so I can also study. He enrolled me, and I started studying. I started studying and studying and studying and studying and studying and studying. To cut the long story short, I'm standing here today. But now, before that, my grandmother from my mother's side is a traditional healer of which some people will call the, uh, the witch doctor. But we know in, in South Africa, and somewhere in Africa, they may have witch doctors. In South Africa, we don't. We have traditional healers. Because when you say which doctor, you are asking a question. 
So the, then the answer is traditional healer. And on my father's side also, they were traditional healers. So my family are traditionalists. In a way that if you don't follow the traditions, you are somehow not regarded as the full member of the family. They can't kill you because the blood runs in you. So there's nothing they can do. They don't know what to do with you. So now, getting to believe in God was not something, Brother Drake, that was very here. It was something that was very far. And it was something that I was not going to achieve anyhow. But well, Bible school, through my friend, was able to send me courses through the post. I studied and studied and studied and studied. Uh, before I know Brother Sean, I was defending the book. You see, I'll be in a debate with somebody and he will say something, I'll say, no, the book doesn't say that. This is what the book says. And George Funk visited me. He drove five hours. And then we sat down. I asked a lot of questions. He answered all of them. I asked more questions. He answered a lot of them. And I didn't have a reason, Brother Owens, anymore not to have this peace that this book promises, not to have this love that this God promises. By the way, it's the God that my forefathers worshipped. <laughs> it's not the God that was strange to the continent of Africa. It's not a God who came. It's a God who was there before anyone came. As my brother said this morning. So now whoever came, came to highlight what we already knew that there is this God and this is how we worship him. And I said to him, then baptize me. It was the 18th of May, 1996. And we went to the swimming pool because there was only one swimming pool. That's why I can't swim even today. Because I grew up in the township and then the swimming pool was in town. What is that? The township is where black people lived. A town is where everyone else lived. So now the swimming pool was only in town. And now in 96, I'm getting there with George Funk to be baptized. Guess what you still have the inscriptions on the gate? Whites only. And I suggested to him because he was white that now you can go to the administration. Maybe they will give you a key to come and open because I want to be baptized, but I'm not going to the river because I'm not ready to be a lunch of anything. <laughs> and instead of going, he said, let me see if there is water enough for me to baptize you. Then we looked, Brother Drake, and there was water. And he suggested, he's older than me, you must remember. And then he suggested that Machona, you know what I think? Let me jump in to go see. He jumped in to go see, and he invited me to jump in also. So I jumped in, I was baptized, and then we jumped out. Why was the swimming pool closed? Is because winter has started in my hometown. And if you don't know, it gets to a freezing point. So I was baptized, and here I am talking to you today. But it was not going to be possible, my brothers and sisters, 
if some people in this world did not listen to Jesus in the book of Matthew 28, reading from verse number 18. The Bible says, he came to them and says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go ye therefore to all the nations, that means Amakosa too, Abatswana, Amazulu, and everyone else, and teach them, when they have believed, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. So now, let, let me see, how many of you have been in the army? Or you have heard about the army? So now, if you are in the army, what do you do about the command from your superiors that you don't like? You do it. You like it or you don't like it, you do what? You obey the command from your superiors who also have their superiors. Who also have their superiors, there's a chain of command. But I thank God that some of the brothers in this congregation or the leadership in this congregation, when God said go, they didn't ask themselves a lot of questions, but they decided to go. How? They decided to sponsor some mission trips. They decided to support some missionaries. And they also decided to support Well Bible School. Because here's the truth, my brothers and sisters. God said to us, go, but he did not tell us how. Amen. He said we need to do what? To go. To all the world. Talking to the 12, academically literate according to the standard of the time. But they were pointed to the whole globe. And from the beginning of last year, or let me say, from 1973, when this method started, until last year, December, according to the numbers, World Bible School has reached about 35 million people. Amen? About what? 35 million people. And last year, the president, who's one of the elders of this church, uh, decided with his team to set a goal that they want to achieve this year. And that goal was 10 million for Christ. And a lot of people were thinking that he's just, he's just a new kid on the block and he's not sure he's biting more than he can chew. But the thing is, he knew the God that he serves. Because let me tell you something about Brian Davis. Uh, he's not here, so I'm free. <laughs> I've been questioning a lot of things about him from the first time I met him. Where did I meet him? I met him in the Cape Flats in Cape Town. Gang infested gun, bullets everywhere, 
type of environment. And then where I was not, I couldn't walk freely on the street, Brother Owens, but he could. And I started asking myself, what's wrong with this man? <laughs> Is he something wrong with him mentally? But as I grow older, I understand one thing, that he understand who he is and whose he is. And because of that, he knows that God is more than able to do anything anyway. And we set the goals for 10 million. And from 1973 to 2022, how many years? 73 to 2022. How many years? Help me. I'm not a numbers guy. 50. 35 million. 50 years, 35 million. And he wants to do 10 million in two years. Because he knows the Christ that he serves is the Christ who turned some two little bitty fish and what? Into what? And how many did they collect? Because he understood that. And he understood one thing that we have the tools that can help us reach that than they had then. And I'm not going to say a lot on this part, but if you attend the dinner, you'll know where we are as far as those numbers are concerned. So my responsibility is South Africa, which has over 60 million people, is Zambia, and anywhere else in the continent where World Bible School needs me to go. So that means that's where I will go and make sure that whatever that needs to be done for God is done. But this will not be possible. If there is one thing that I'm going to say uh, on this report, uh, I'm going to thank you for your obedience. I know some of you are not, but some of you are obedient. But I'm going to thank all of you for making sure that you do that. That when God says go, you go. You see, Brother Sean can tell you our showers where we were were not very comfortable. But we had showers. That was the most important thing. He will tell you one of the, the preaching that is happening around the night in that fairness is not one of the most comfortable thing you can do. But it's some things that have been done. So when we go, we go not to have a new message. We go because we already have a message. And that message is about Christ. And I think, my brother Owens, you will agree with me when I say I don't think there's any other time 
where the unadulterated message of Christ is needed in our world more than it is today. Because today we have ministers who stands in the pulpit and say all we have to do is to be nice to people. All we have to do is to be giving things to people. All we have to do is not to say things to people. When we have a message that says we need to go out and invite people to leave and cleave to the almighty God. But sometimes because we have also turned politicians. So now if there's one thing that I don't do very well is to be politically correct, Brother Sean will tell you. He said, I don't know political correctness because I left politics. <laughs> I was a communist, I left. <laughs> so I don't have to be politically correct anymore because I'm not a politician. So all I have to do is to say what God says, and if somebody has issues with those things, you leave me alone. You deal with whoever sent me. So now, when he says go, I'm glad when I'm standing here, I don't know about this area. I don't know the demographics of this area. But I can see something. That at least there's an effort to go to every ethnic group, ethnos. To go to every ethnic group and tell them about what and tell them about Christ. Because here is the truth. Uh, I, I almost say Bazalwani. That's what I say to my congregation. So Bazalwani means brothers or those whom we have been born together. <laughs> you see, the truth is when we go to heaven, we are all going to be there. If I smell bad, guess what? I will be there with you, with my smell. If I don't look good in your eyes, guess what? You have all eternity to end up appreciating me. <laughs> that is if we are going to find ourselves in the same place. So now with World Bible School, we go everywhere in paper, we go everywhere online, we go everywhere with Connect that this congregation is part of, because Deben is part of your Connect uh, places in South Africa, and Zambia is part of that. Now, we go in prisons. We teach them in prisons. We teach them wherever we get an opportunity to go and teach them. And we also have a lot of them online. So that means you go in every way digitally today as we possibly can. But there is still the human element that is needed when some things have to happen. You see, I remember one year, uh, uh, I don't remember this year very well, but I was contacted by Well Bible School to go follow up on the lady called Ingrid. So Ingrid, My brief was, uh, you go see Ingrid, but Ingrid cannot talk. And I don't know any sign language. Ingrid cannot do a lot of stuff for herself. So to make this appointment, you need to talk to Ari, who's Ingrid's husband, to make this connection. So I was able to do that. 
and I wanted one brother, Lazarus Monetti, to go with me. So now, uh, Brother Owens, I drive a small car. Uh, they don't make it in South Africa anymore. That's how old it is. They don't make it anymore. <laughs> so now I'm coming with this car, and I'm stopping at the gate. She's living in a gated community. When I stop at the gate, uh, the security guy asked me, where do you go? And then I said, I'm going to the Moyal family. And he's asking me, what job are you going to do there? I said, no, call them and ask, but I'm going to do a job. And then he calls, Ari says, no, send them in. Those are my friends. He says, but it's not, he says, you're not going to work. You are a friend. I said, yeah, I'm going to work. Then I go in. And I stopped next to his house. And now what I want to tell you is that Ingrid and his husband, they are more than middle class. They are not middle class. They are more than middle class. If there's middle class A, they are middle class A. That's their social status. And now it tells you one thing already that there was no way in this life that I will make that connection with them. Even if I was doing door knockings in South Africa, I would not be able to go in there and do door knocking. But somehow online, World Bible School reached Ingrid after she suffered ALS in 2001. And as time continues, she couldn't do anything. She had two full-time nurses who were taking care of her 24-7. But because the husband is a tech whiz, she was able to, he was able to do some things on the computer that when Ingrid looks at the computer and uses the, some of the muscles that were still working, that was the eye and the neck, because then they will do the physio on the neck so she can be able to swallow. But any other thing, she couldn't lift her hands. She couldn't move herself. She couldn't talk. And she was able to, to Google Well Bible School using her eyes. And she was able to complete her lessons using her eyes. She was able to go to the advance until she realized that, you know what, I need to be baptized. And when she says, I need to be baptized, that's when I went in because the human contact is necessary. So going there, she could hear very well. Her mind was as sharp as ever. But the challenge is, as much as she has a swimming pool, the nurses are saying, not that water is too cold. Unless we try to heat it. And when I look at the time and how long it's going to take that water to be heated uh, manually, <laughs> it's going to take forever. And then we decided that, you know what, we have a, a, a portable baptistry that we pulled out, we get it out, and then we fill some water in, and then the nurses approve the temperature of the water, and now we have to come and bring her. So we carried her. Don't worry, uh, I know my voice is very can go as far as that side. <laughs> because I don't use the mic where I come from. So I use my voice. So we carried her, and we're able to help each other to lower one air. 
when we brought her up, somebody asked me, but how did you do the confession? We did it in front of the computer, said, Ingrid, do you believe? And then she typed. <laughs> and we read. <laughs> and then we baptized her. And she wrote afterwards to say she thinks her disease somehow it met God's plan. Because with her busy life, she was not going to be able to become a follower of Christ anytime soon. With her affluency, she doesn't think that was even possible. But here she is. We were able to reach her. Why? Because somebody obeyed the command to say, go. How did some go? They funded the going. They funded the studies. And an Ingrid was received, or Ingrid was reached. The last story is for a young man from Uganda. Uh, his name is Duncan Ojiambo. You can Google him if you remember the name. Duncan Ojiambo says he was walking on the street, and as he walked on the street, he picked up what seemed to be a paper. He looked at it. It was well Bible school. And then it had the address, not a lot of information. He goes to the Church of Christ in Jinja, and they give him, enroll him into the course. He starts studying. This is what Duncan says. Duncan says his father had two wives. So that means if there is something that Duncan didn't know very well, is the love of the father. Because if you have two wives, probably you have more children. Probably you have to share with everyone. So most of the polygamous relationship, they, the father don't share love with everyone. Because he wants everyone to get it equally. So they don't get anything. But as he was helped through the studies, somebody challenged them. He says, everyone who's going to be able to memorize the Bible this much, he's going to get the Bible. Duncan did. He got the Bible. When the time is right, Duncan was baptized. And him being baptized, his father shunned him even more. Because now he was going away from the traditions. But Duncan, as I'm talking to you today, he learned about the African Christian College in the kingdom of Eswatini. He went there and studied and got his BTH uh, degree in the Bible. He went back. Uh, to Uganda. Going back to Uganda, he started five Bible schools, recruited many, I mean, in the region of thousands, to Christ. You know why, my brothers and sisters? Because somebody obeyed. And somebody says, I thought this guy was coming to give us a report. That's what I'm doing. But you need to understand the impact that you are making for any number that we will tell you about. Because the truth is somebody, George Fang said once to me, you know what, Machona, uh, love makes the world go round. He says, but money pay for the trip. You see, for these courses to be printed, for these courses to be advertised, we need your support.
we are reaching almost every language, I mean the main languages. Uh, the most spoken language in Africa is English. You may not believe me, but <laughs> it's the most spoken language. In a one spoken language in Africa is English. In South Africa, we have 12 official languages. But among all the, the, the 11 of us, we, English is one of those. You see, I speak nine, understand 11. And then one of those is English. I know I'm not very great uh, speaking English, but I speak it in such a way that I can be understood. So now, what you can do as I conclude, because you're going to hear a lot of this stuff at the dinner. So I thought I should encourage you than to give you the report. <laughs> you can tell my president about that. <laughs> and I'll tell him that I obeyed <laughs> he who sent me. <laughs> so one thing that you can continue to do for us, my brothers and sisters, is to continue praying that God give us strength because let me tell you something, it's not easy. You know, a brother from Malawi uh, who was baptized being a bishop of the Pentecostal church reported to brother Steve that he baptized about 539. And somebody can look at 539 as a number and think, if you want to baptize people who just go in Africa, then you preach, you preach, and then everyone gets up and get baptized. It's not that easy. Because God still have to work. The seed needs to be planted. The watering still must happen before the harvest can come. So now, if you pray for God to open doors, because at some places, it's not easy. You know, they say South Africa is 85% Christian. That's what the statistics say. It's 85% what? Christian. But now, South Africa is not a Christian country. Do you hear me, my brothers? South Africa is not a Christian country. The Constitution of South Africa is not the Bible. We have the Constitution drafted by men that makes everyone believe equal to any. So if somebody decides to worship the devil in South Africa, good. If somebody decides to do some nasty things to themselves, as long as they feel that's what they want to do, good. So our country is a freeway of moral degeneration. And I don't think it's only my country but I think it's everywhere else in the world. So now your prayers will help us as the ministers of the gospel to have boldness to speak even if it's out of season. Because the way I look at it in my country, the out of season is not very far. We are going there. Because people, when you speak, they say you are judging me. People, when you speak, they say you are anti or anti what I'm doing. And because of that, the Bill of Rights protects me. 
we are getting out of season where we are going to be forced as the ministers by people who don't even attend in our assemblies to, to perform their marriages. And if you don't, you are anti. And if you are anti human rights issues. So the out of season is not as far as you may think it is. But if we pray for boldness, this too, my brothers and sisters, shall pass. Because God has already won. Somebody makes this illustration. You see, in every sport in this world, there is corruption. Because money changes hands. The referees, they make some decisions sometimes. When you look at it, you say, no one in his right mind can make that decision. He made it because somebody paid him. You see? Now they say, imagine these two big teams, Manchester United and Barcelona. They are going to play a game. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, the Dallas Cowboys versus who? They are playing against who? I only know the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> they are playing whatever team. And somebody in the Dallas Cowboys have paid all the players of the opposite team to give the game. And not only the players, also the referees. So now, will the Dallas Cowboys sleep at home and win the game? No. They still require to come into the field and pretend to be what to be playing. Then they will win the game. Even if everything is taken care of, they still need to show up and do something. What am I saying, my brothers and sisters? Christ paid it all. The harvest, the Bible says, is plenty. But the workers are very few. And when you pray, Jesus says, pray for God to provide workers. Pray that the generous hearts give of their resources. Pray that men and women are obedient enough to go out and do as Christ has commanded. Because Paul says to Timothy, at that time, many will gather preachers to themselves who are going to tell them what they want to hear so that they can have a nice scratching in their ears. Because when you speak the truth, It's not so receptive. It's not so uplifting. Because we are living in the times of this world where we want to be told about us. I want to be told how good I look. Even if my mirror in the morning told me something different. I want to be told how good I'm doing certain things. Even though deep down I know I'm not doing that great. So we are about self, myself, 
self, and myself. And anyone who does not say anything about what I like is the person I don't want to hear. Here's my last words, my brothers, if I don't make it back here again. Know this one. That God's intention from the beginning was his glory to fill the whole earth. And he can do it today if he wants to. But he, in, he the English is gone again. He put all that to me and to you to go and tell somebody about him, about his love, about the freedom that he can give. So now, if you are here today and you have never in your Christian life told somebody that God loved them, You have a chance today. Starting from today, you have what? You have a chance. Starting from today, you have what? To go and tell somebody that God what? Loves them. Because if you do that, they may ask you, how do you know? And if you don't know many scriptures, don't worry. I was sitting here this morning listening to Brother Owens. You see, the scriptures are there. All you have to do is just create that opportunity and then Brother Owens will do the job. <laughs> That's all you have to do. And because of that, you would have played into the team. Because all of us are different, my brothers and sisters. But as different as we are, we need to bring glory to God. And I know after every invitation, after every whatever comes, the invitation. And I'm going to attempt one today. But I can tell you my experience with my brothers in this side of the pond. They don't come forward. I've seen it over and over and over again. They don't come to be prayed for. They don't come for anything. They don't come for anything. They don't come for anything. But I'm still going to do it. Amen? <laughs> I'm still going to do it. If you are here today, you are here this morning, and you have never, no, let, let me not say you have never, let me put it in the positive. From today, you are making a commitment that you are going to share your faith with somebody, stand up. From today, you are going to share your faith with somebody. And this is how I'm suggesting you're going to do it. I'm learning, Brother Eric, I heard this from you this morning. I'm suggesting also. <laughs> I'm suggesting this is how you're going to do it. You're going to take a blank paper, like the network marketers will do it. 
You are going to take the blank paper, write your name in the middle of the paper, and write the 10 people that you know that are far from God. Start praying for them from today. Pray for them the whole week next week. Give them a call after the, mid, mid, after the evening service next week. And just say, I've been praying for you the whole week. Is there anything specific that you would like me to continue praying for you? I've never heard anyone saying, don't pray for me. Never. In my life. Even my family who are traditionalists, they want prayer. They don't want anything to do with God, but they want God to do something for them. So now, if you do that, you will create the opportunity to start sharing something with them. So now, I don't know who was chosen to, to come and pray. Uh, you'll sing. <laughs> the one who was chosen to come and pray, to pray for this commitment. Because this is a commitment that we are making today. Amen? Amen. That is starting from today. If you are going to eat out today, that's where you start. If you are going to put gas, don't put your card. Go inside and pay so you can talk to somebody. And then start doing it today. So somebody who has chosen to pray, please, can you pray for this commitment? I know I may have changed things a little bit, but can somebody pray for this commitment? Or should I pray? Okay. Let's pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, we are grateful and thankful to be here tonight. We're so grateful, Father, for our speaker and the wonderful job that's been done. We're thankful, Father, for his life and the way the gospel has reached him. We're thankful for World Bible School and all of those who have had a hand in its, uh, its life, its longevity, its reach and spreading the gospel. We're thankful for the many uh, tens of millions, 35 million who has come to, to know you through the preaching and teaching of the gospel. And Father, we're thankful for this congregation. We're thankful for her support and her commitment of this work. We're thankful for the good that's been done. We're thankful for the challenge that's been presented to us tonight. We're thankful, Father, for everyone who has stood and everyone who has made a commitment. And we pray, Father, that we will live out that commitment, that we will write the names down of those who we know that are estranged from you. And we pray, Father, that you will give us the strength and the courage, the wisdom, and the conviction and care to reach out to them, pray for them, and then share the good news with them. We pray for their hearts as well, that they will be good soil, and open and receptive. And Father, we pray that you will just continue to bless us as we seek to glorify your name. Be with us, Father, strengthen us, keep us, and may you be glorified in very specifically in this commitment, but throughout our lives as well. In Jesus' name, amen.